array of problems for all of us, individuals, employees and employers alike. In the last month, the way in which we live and work has changed beyond recognition. The lockdown and the isolation policies mean that many businesses have been forced to shut or downsize. There have been mass layoffs and a significant reduction in working hours across industries like retail and hospitality. But other industries, especially those in the food and delivery sectors, are experiencing huge growth. But social distancing then makes recruitment more difficult, and much of that then has to be done online rather than face-to-face. Employee GM are connecting employers who have urgent temporary vacancies with residents across Greater Manchester who are, as a result of the crisis, available to start right away. It's been supported by the GC Business Growth Hub, and today we have Director Richard Jeffrey joining me now, along with Naomi Elagoswa, who is heading up the Employee GM programme. Welcome, both of you, to the show. That's well, great to be on here. Thank you very much. I hope you're both well um, and that your families are too. Is everything okay in the in the family households? Yeah, very much so. Thank you. It's fun having uh, the kids around. I think we're all adapting to that. It's uh, nice to see a lot more of them, but equally it can be a little challenging at times. I've uh, had to chair quite a few meetings recently with my son sitting on my head. So uh, that's been <laughs> a new challenge that I haven't faced before. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking we might have a BBC moment at some point where they burst through the door, but let's hope not. Um, that's fine. We'll just own it when it happens. Um, so, right, we're all, we've all got um, other stuff that's going on at home, so let's get right into this. Um, Richard, why don't you tell us a little bit briefly about the Business Growth Hub itself? Um, and then more specifically, what are the Business Growth Hub doing to support businesses and individuals during this crisis? Sure. So uh, the Business Growth Hub, was set up back in 2011 to help people start a business, help them grow a business, scale that business and tap into global markets. And, you know, we've helped 12,000 businesses do that over the past uh, eight to nine years. And that's been a, a wonderful journey. But, you know, we're not just here for companies during those growth periods, uh, despite our name, we are here for people in some of the difficult times as well. And we're certainly going through that at the moment. So like many businesses out there, we've really had to respond to this and pivot our own services to deal with this uh, in this initial phase, in this emergency bit, to really shift what we're doing and how we're doing what we're doing. So, you know, we're absolutely still here for business. And we've got a major campaign at the moment to demonstrate that that we are here for businesses. We continue to support people on a one-to-one basis. Sure, that face-to-face has gone virtual, uh, but we are here and we are still engaging with with many businesses. And over the last couple of the weeks, we've we've worked with uh, over 1,700 businesses uh, across Greater Manchester. And, you know, we're still doing a lot of our core things that we do. We help companies access finance. We help them with cash flow. We're helping them continue to innovate. We're helping them continue to uh, look at how they work 
uh, and, and develop their workforce. So we're still doing a lot of our core fundamentals, but it has shifted and it's shifted in a really big way. So, you know, we, we have gone out and we are proactively engaging with businesses across the whole of Greater Manchester, not just through our campaigns, but we're ringing them up. We're, we're, we're reaching out to them to make sure that they know about all the support that's available here in Greater Manchester and all the support that's available through that national activities. And, you know, we're going to hear about some of it today, but, you know, we've set up a big programme helping people with supply chain connections, which is proving to be a big issue. We're helping people with employment challenges Naomi's going to take us uh, take us through some of that, but we're also doing a lot of work to really get under the skin of what's going on out there at the minute, and some of that really detailed business intelligence to help us inform what we need to do right now, but what we need to do uh, going forward as well. And uh, you know, working really closely with a whole range of both public and private partners to make sure that businesses are getting what they need right now. And what are some of the main concerns that you're hearing from the businesses that you're either proactively reaching out to or who are reaching here or are actually coming to the growth hub, whether they're previous clients or perhaps maybe new ones um, who have found themselves in a predicament? And what are the, some of the concerns that you've been hearing, Richard? So, you know, look, the, the big concerns that are, are coming through is, you know, we've been asking everybody, have you been affected by this? And you know, around 70% since uh, over the last three weeks have been affected by that. And if I look at the, 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 the over the last week alone, that, that's up to 87% are saying that they have been. And the vast majority of those people affected negatively in, in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is around the dip in income in terms of lost revenues. And that's that's been a really big driver for the, the vast majority of, of companies. Uh, and that's leading to cash flow issues. And and then obviously just in terms of how they're operating from both a, a staff perspective and, uh, and then, you know, some of the other things that have merged as some, be it either minor or, or sometimes some pretty major challenges in terms of supply chain, where they're finding a component part or a supplier is no longer operating and therefore they can't get their kind of core product to, to, to market. But there are some some people who are seeing some some growth within this, but there's definitely a major, uh, a major issue there in terms of uh, demand uh, in, in terms of that decreased sales. But, you know, and, and, and that, has also led to firms then really needing to understand and take on board some of the national programs that have been brought in to help them really look at how they can use some of the those programs that have been put in place by government and how they access it, how they utilise it, and also just understand what it means for them as a business right now. Um, it definitely echoes some of the topics we covered last week in the podcast with Richard McMullen, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Um, Naomi, have you heard anything different or what are the sort of feedback that you're getting in in the uh, programmes that you're running? Yeah, I think um, similarly to Richard, um, I think there's just a lot of concern about the uncertainty. You know, um, we all kind of watch the daily briefings, not knowing, you know, how long we're going to be on lockdown, what the next stage is, how the world will look after this. So I think it's just about dealing with the kind of initial fallout, the income, the not understanding necessarily um, what to do with staff that you no longer have a requirement for, you know, or understanding the national programmes. Um, I think there's just so much uncertainty and we're all learning very quickly, you know, things 
um, are changing daily. Um, at the beginning, it was almost like hourly. So mm-hmm. I think there's just lots of questions that need to be answered and lots of reassurance, but there isn't always currently the reassurance um, that people crave. But what we're trying to do is reassure wherever we can do and put, signpost them into the support that is there and really encourage people to to um, take the support that is out there for them um, and the advice that's available. Yeah, I think it's it's making sure that they know what's available to them um, as that yeah, first definitely. step towards um, reassurance. Um, so, Richard, what advice can you give to businesses um, during this time, especially those that are recruiting? Um, we've seen, you know, constant posts for, you know, the Nightingale hospitals, for the um, the delivery companies, the food co- delivery companies. What would your advice be to them? So I think, you know, first of all, there are staff out there at the moment. There are, uh, you know, an active mechanism to get hold of them. And uh, in terms of that's one of the reasons why we set up employee GM, which was to make sure there is a central place that people can go to to recognise that there are um, ways of getting hold of people. And, you know, a lot of recruitment firms and a lot of uh, firms have recognised that they can get on and do recruitment at the moment where they need to do that. And they've shifted to using some of the huge variety of digital tools that are available. And, you know, even some of the some very senior posts are still being recruited at the moment through using uh, uh, technology and posts that if you'd said three or four weeks ago, you're going to recruit somebody without actually physically meeting them, people would have, uh, have laughed at you. But now that is happening and it just shows how, how quickly people have moved. So I certainly think that's, uh, that, that that's a key driver at the moment is that it can be done. There's people out there. And that's one of the reasons we, we set up uh, Employee GM to help people through that process. So Naomi, tell us a bit more about um, Employee uh, GM. Um, how does it work? So basically, um, we recognise totally that we are in unprecedented times and we wanted a kind of one-stop shop, one, uh, one solution for people to be able to find out everything that they kind of need to, um, whether they are an individual um, or a business. So from the individual side, um, they can go on, find the latest vacancies, they can apply for um all a wide range of roles, whatever they uh, may be interested in. Um, there is support for them to access National Career Service, for example, because we recognise in some industries there has been, you know, a huge dip in um, in demand, such as hospitality, but yet people might be really keen to work in some of the key worker professions. So it will give them a chance to a- access support to um, look at their transferable skills. Um, it has... Um, we're currently just updating the site um, based on feedback to kind of give people a more robust offer. So we're going to have information on furlough, what means for, what that means for people so that they can understand that they can volunteer or even maybe take up paid employment if that's what they want to do if they're currently being furloughed by um, their main employer. From a business perspective, you've got all the access to the business growth hub information on there. Um, they can, if they want to take staff on temporarily, they can access our a payroll service. So it's kind of really wide ranging um, and kind of a hub for support. Um, it will direct people to Job Centre Plus if they need to make a benefit claim. All of that kind of information just in one place, really. Um, so that if people are, you know, have got lots of different questions, hopefully we can try and answer them all in in via the, the employee GM website and signpost them to where they need to be. It sounds like a, an incredible consolidated platform. Is it it's so it's found on it's found online on what is the website address? Um it's employeegm.org. 
Oh, perfect. Lovely. So what if I was um, going to be going on there today to have a look at um, jobs that might be available for me, what kind of industries might I see on there that are recruiting at the minute? Um, predominantly, I would say it would be the key worker industries, but I think sometimes people forget who are, you know, what is classed as a key worker. I think you see a lot, obviously, around like the delivery services, um, food, um, both in production and retail, um, the kind of care sector. But there's also kind of, um, I suppose, the forgotten key worker, um, which is sort of, you know, as you'll know, like tech services, communications. I mean, we're all working at home now, or a lot of us are, who are able to, and we wouldn't be able to survive without those like um, new tech solutions. I mean, mm. I think I'd probably like FaceTimed a handful of people before now, but now it's sort of video calls to everybody. So it's really, you know, um, the, the key worker roles that you might instantly think of, but it's also those support roles that are kind of key to today's work world now yeah they're keeping the keeping the wheels moving um Indeed. richard um some of the businesses are experiencing growth and and naomi thank you so much for sharing about how employers can use the platform for that but um others are more concerned about how do they retain their workforce um who are in that downturn does the does the program support those types of companies is that something that that you guys are able to do yeah, absolutely so uh, obviously the the, the big thing that the government's brought in is, is the furlough scheme. And certainly uh, for those companies who are concerned about cash flow, those companies who are concerned about uh, being able to maintain their workforce, the, the, um, the, that mechanism that was brought in is very much to ensure that the job retention scheme is there so that people can come out of this period with a retained workforce. And there's a whole raft of advice on the Business Growth Hub website about how companies can access that, how they can benefit from it and uh, how they can use it. But I think, you know, the, some of the other things uh, that, that, that people can look at is uh, just that use of the agile technology. So for those companies who are not furloughing staff, but have got all of a sudden a very distributed uh, set of people, is very much looking at using the agile tools. But not forgetting that some of the basics still apply. I mean, you still need to go out and have the detailed communications with your staff. And I think that that can't be overemphasized how important that is to keep your staff engaged, to keep reaching out to them and keep them engaged in that process because it's so, so critical, especially at this present time. And to make sure that no member of staff is kind of uh, left out of that because on the conference calls, on the other engagement, you're always going to get some people that jump up and they're front and centre, but it's really important that you use your structures to make sure you reach out and keep everybody in the loop on that. I think the other thing as well to look at is this is a great opportunity as well uh, for those businesses to look at innovating, to look at the f towards the future, to look at how you can really use um, some of the technology that's available to collaborate and engage and use this time effectively. And it's a great time to look at upskilling staff as well um, through some of the platforms and some of the tools that are available there. So I think in terms of those, so you've got two levels, you've got those businesses that are clearly do need to tap into all the financial support that is available and it's there. And if people are having a challenge tapping into that, do get in touch with us at the Business Growth Club because we are helping companies navigate through that, be that the job retention schemes, 
be that the, the loan schemes, be, be there the uh, other areas that, that, that are out there at the moment. But equally, those people who are retaining their staff but thinking about how do they continue to operate, you know, there are lots of businesses out there that are continuing to innovate and are continuing to look at new opportunities. And, you know, one of the programs that we run is an innovation program with the universities. And what's really interesting is that not a single one of those projects has stopped during the period. It's changed. They're no longer able to go in and use some of the kit, of course, in the universities. But those projects are all still continuing with the universities. And the one thing that, that has really amazed me and, and kind of given me a great uplift during this is a number of businesses that have been able to pivot really, really quickly and do things differently during this time. Uh, and I think it was last week you had uh, the guys from uh, Didsbury Gym, was it on, that you had on yes. there? That, uh, yeah. That have been doing some fantastic work to completely change their production, completely change their focus, been to shift from making some very, very nice gin to uh, towards making some um, uh, hand sanitizer and some uh, that, that has been really well received by a whole range of different organizations out there. So, you know, they're, they're one example, but there's been many other people who've been able to shift and, and look at doing things uh, really differently as well. I mean, uh, there was, um, you know, uh, we, we're dealing with uh, Dunster's Farm, uh, which has supply food and drink, and, you know, they've all of a sudden shifted to, to, to an online ordering system, and they've been then reaching out to community groups for cl food collection services, and they've, really remodeled their business and that's been a fantastic uh program for them to go through and it's been a delight to see how they've responded to that but you know there's there's a list of many other businesses that have done some really interesting activities as well it's so encouraging to hear about particularly the university projects being able to continue mm. on um naomi have you on the ground have you seen any other examples of you know those types of uh businesses kind of you know, pushing through and continuing on or um, how the support that you're providing has helped them um, retain their workforce? Um, really, we're just trying to, um, through Employee GM, is really support and focus those on those organisations that are really um, struggling or needs more support to recruit where they're used to kind of um, using typical channels and we're trying to help them get the word out where... Um, where those channels aren't working, so to speak. So we're mm. being able to support them via use of social media, et cetera. So I think in particular, where you're looking at maybe like the care sector, who often um, might rely on word of mouth or, or other kind of avenues to recruit, we're trying to support them with that kind of um, more digital social media support, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's how, it's yeah. so important as well. You know, that social messaging and the digital messaging that has to go, it has yeah. to change. Uh, another really good example, uh, Trish, is uh, um, from one of our global scale-up uh, companies who's on our, our global scale-up programme, uh, Mercato, and they've launched Mercato Fresh, and they're inviting all the independent food suppliers, farm shops, et cetera, to join their platform free of charge. They've partnered up with streetcars who are, uh, are managing delivery. And they're then engaging with a whole range of players to, to get that that service that they've got uh, available out there to a whole range of others. And uh, they're encouraging shops to arrange pickups, uh, those shops that are keeping that are closed at the moment. And you know they're not making any profit from this, but they're doing that as a way to demonstrate their 
the technology and to do the right thing out there for uh, the present time. And I think you know one of the one of the key messages that, I, that, that you know that I'm, I'm keen to, to pick up, and certainly I pick up from some of the major business leaders across Greater Manchester, is you know, we're all going to be judged about how we operated during this period, and we're yeah. all going to be judged on what we did and did we do the right thing at the present time. And there are so many examples of people like Disbridgeian, like Mercato, you know, and Zymagorium and Dunster's Farm, who are doing such amazing things, not only just to shift and pivot their businesses, but to think about the broader community and how they can make themselves relevant to the broader community right now. And that's that's a really uplifting uh, position uh, to, and to see those people working and doing it in that way. But look, you know, we mustn't forget here, the vast majority of businesses are in a really difficult position right now. And I don't want to take away from that at all. And we are dealing with some really, really difficult situations alongside those other businesses that are able to pivot. There's an awful lot of others that are finding themselves in a position where they are really struggling at the moment. And how do you think they then deal with that uncertainty? You know, they've got to maintain this current way of working. Um, they've got to try and hold on to the customers that they've got. They've got to try and pay their suppliers, but also bring in you know, payments from their own creditors. But how do you, how do you think businesses deal with that without any kind of end date? You know, I know we've been told it's another three weeks, but, you know, no one, no one knows what's happening after that. No. And, you know, when we look at, um, at, at the moment, you know, every single one of us is looking at our operations and saying, okay, so, so what does this mean for us in that long term? You know, there's a personal level of, sitting at home again for for another three to four weeks and, and dealing with all of that. So I think I think the the, the one thing that, that people do have to um, take on board at the minute is there is support out there available to you and there are organisations that can help you tackle mm-hmm. some of those challenges. And part of the outreach that we're doing is to say there's someone there for you to help you navigate through this. And we've had a number of organisations that have approached us to say, well, you know, we, we're not getting the right answers from, say, the banks or from uh, others. And we're really able to sit down with them and help them look at other alternative ways of dealing with those cash flow issues. Maybe looking at other loan providers that, that are out there and other government-backed programmes. And, you know, um, uh, an interesting one is is looking at startup loans. And there's a lot of companies mm-hmm. out there that are in the early stages who aren't necessarily thinking that that could be relevant to them because they've already launched a business. But, you know, if you're a really early stage business, that could be a really good option for you right now. And each director can get a 25 grand loan to support them at the present time. So actually do approach us, do work with us because we'll be able to help you navigate through and look at some of those other alternative uh, solutions. But look, I'm not saying it's easy to deal with uncertainty, but I think the one thing that this shows us is, you know, all of us need to really look at our scenario planning and think about what are those options. But, you know, is this going to be, uh, is this going to be another month of lockdown? Is it going to be longer? And and what does that recovery phase look like anyway? That's going to be, you know, and what, what the new norm and all of that stuff. So, thinking through various scenarios but but certainly taking not just that short-term uh view and studying the ship but looking at okay so what world we're going to move into what's that future going to be and what relevance are we to that new future i think is something that everyone needs to be thinking about right now yeah um you mentioned Red Spree Gin earlier and um when we talked to liam and um, the co the co-founder of the business 
um, he touched on their global ambitions. And I know that he's part of one of the programs that the Growth Hub run, the Global Scale Up uh, program, I believe. And he talked about how, um, whilst all of this was happening, the pivoting, obviously their their domestic business being uh, decimated, but they are still making gin, he assured me, um, which is good because otherwise there'd be another crisis on the ground. Um, he uh, talked, I think they're quite limited batches at the moment, though, Trish. Yes, so, so get in there. Watch them very, very closely on um, on Twitter because when they're available, you've got to yeah, move quick. Snap so. them up. Um, but he talked about um, how there is also still a part of the business that is still focusing on the long term. They still have their global ambitions. And in fact, this crisis is giving them time to really look at those things because they're, they were always planning to... Uh, grow and export market. Um, how important is that um, for businesses that had that in their in on the roadmap to continue to focus on those things? So look, there's the appetite for exploring international markets is still there from clients. None of us know what that new global landscape is going to look like. Uh, none of us know how much this is going to lead to individual markets retrenching a bit and people wanting perhaps more localised supply chains. There'll definitely be some of that in some places. But look, there's no doubt about it that people still want access to our technology and know-how, our insights, our products, our services. Yeah, that was really, really strong three or four weeks ago. And that hasn't necessarily disappeared. And I can see a lot of that coming back. And, you know, we're working with one client who's launching a new product in the US in, in September. And mm -hmm. they've, you know, organized all of that online, working with global scale-up partners who, who we've got involved in in that, and some of the private and public partners involved in that. And, Do you want uh, to just touch you know, on global scale-up and what it what it is? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we, we launched that because we've got so many uh, scale-up companies that there's companies that were growing uh, in an incredibly fast way who were looking at international markets, but they were saying what they really wanted was the very best of uh, public and private to come together to help them really tap into those uh, global markets. And we brought a number of partners together, such as KPMG, DWF, uh, the airport and Santander, who have all come together to collaborate to say, how can we open up all of our own global connections to those businesses to help them tap into those markets. And, you know, at the growth company, we've got the um, Manchester India partnership, the Manchester China forum, and a whole range of different ways to help people tap into those markets. And so we wanted to provide a, a really intensive program to help people with that. And a, a lot of it is about preparing people to make sure that they have got the right strategy in place to make sure they've got all the senior management team fully committed to it and that they become international by default uh, through this process, that it isn't just something that's done as a bit of a side project, that it isn't just something that's done as, oh, that's an addition to the business, that actually they develop that international mindset. And we've been running 
um, global design sprints. Uh, we were previously running them out at, at Gorton Monastery. But, you know, we've still got, uh, and we've got a workshop coming up about why now is a great time to think about your international strategy. Because some of the businesses are saying, actually, for the first time, they've got a little bit of time to actually think out and map out those businesses. And some of them are particularly looking at China as China is opening up. So we're going to uh, be running some, some dedicated sessions with the China British uh, Business Council to help them companies look at what their China strategy couldn't and should be. So, yeah, there's, there's some encouraging signs there. But again, you know, we, we mustn't forget that at the minute there are some really big challenges that companies are facing on their international journeys with problems on supply chains and things getting stuck in ports, etc. So there's some challenges right now, but uh, and and we don't yet know what that future of international trade is going to look like, but I'd say now is a great time to consider that and to make sure that you're ready to take advantage of the bounce when that hopefully comes further down the line. Um, and I think let's talking to um, Liam on that episode, that's episode 78 on the podcast, if you want to hear how a Greater Manchester business is taking advantage of all of the support that you're providing and growing their global ambition whilst pivoting and, and helping in the current COVID crisis, you'll be able to check that out. Um, now, both of you, I wanted to ask you, you know, we've all got this crazy new work life where we get up in the morning and then we hang out with our kids or run around crazy or do whatever. Or, you know, if you're home alone, um, you know, you're you're in your house. house. Um, but in the long term, do you think the way that we will work will change? You know, once this is all over, do you think we'll all just go back to the way we were doing things? Or, you know, what do you think that looks like? How's it going to look for uh, the business growth hub? <laughs> Naomi, well, let's uh, let Naomi come in first on that one. But uh, she can tell you what she wants. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just going to say, I think from um, my perspective, I really hope that it does change. Um, as part of the growth company in our employment division, we deliver a number of programs to support people who often face probably more barriers or challenges accessing sustainable employment opportunities. And some of those are down to being a, a lone parent or having ill health. And I think this has really shown where companies in the past may have been hesitant to allow somebody to work from home or um, have really flexible hours where they can kind of do a bit first thing in the morning, then they'll take a break, then they might do some, you know, later in the afternoon. I think this has shown that actually people can still be really productive from home and flexing their hours. So I think it would allow, hopefully, people who often do get kind of maybe told no um, to to enter the to the employment market because there's lots of missing talent in the employment market. Um, I think, you know, it's something we don't, talk about as much now but prior to all of this there was lots of concerns from employers about how Brexit would affect things and there's going to be a shortage of labour but actually there is kind of an untapped talent pool that often get forgotten about because they may need a more agile working environment. I think this has now shown that we should really support those people to come back into employment if they're not already working and I think that for me would be a really positive change that we could see. Yeah Richard what would you add to that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with with all of that. And I think that uh, we we were already on a journey. You know, we made uh, sure everyone was agile uh, a year and a half ago. We made sure that people could work uh, wherever they wanted to work, uh, that we flexed up on terms of people's hours, 
uh, and we made sure that, that people had got the kit to enable them to have that, um, be able to work on, on any device. And going agile meant that when COVID came along, all we did was basically just shut the doors. The IT will tell you it's a lot, a, a, a lot more complex than that. But basically, <laughs> we just were able to, to to lock the doors, and people were able to carry on. And that mm-hmm. was that was. Uh, so we were really, really pleased that, that, that we did uh, that took that action a while back. But I think it's going beyond that, and it's around saying actually, I think this has shown that you can still innovate, you can still do an awful lot of. Um, uh, really productive work and you look back at some of the things that we were talking about even even a month ago which is around you know how do you tackle some of the big productivity challenges and how do you get people to to adopt technology well people have certainly adopted technology at speed and in in a very advanced way in places and i think i really hope that that will continue and if i look at certainly the way i operate you know, before I was probably going to London once or twice a week. Well, I'm really hoping that I don't have to do that as much now. And that actually you can do uh, use all the various uh, digital engagement tools to have some really productive meetings without having to have the need to, to go down there. Um, so, yeah, I, I do. I do think that helps. I think I think we've got to um, very much look at how we uh, operate and what, what the minute many of us seem to end up in sort of, you know, Skype or Zoom meetings from from uh, early in the morning to, to the evening. And that 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 is uh, I think we've got to be uh, very careful around that and the emails and the use of that. Mm. I think there's got to be some new protocols that we're going to have to work through as we get used to this new norm. But, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty hopeful that this will change. And I think, you know, it's it, it's not just about um, how are we using that technology, but it's also as we look outside and see how the environment's changing. Again, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, a couple of people told me I've been a bit naive on this one that we're all going to be rushing back into our cars and, and rushing back into uh, on the roads. But yeah, you know, I really hope we can use this as a change to to look at how we uh, you know uh, travel, how mm-hmm. we use the workspace, how we uh, operate in that way. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that there will be some really significant change that comes from this. Yeah, I think we would all like to see the sunshine that has been blessing Manchester for the last few weeks to continue. And I have no doubt that the lack of pollution has had an impact on that. Absolutely. I'm not a scientist, yeah, but definitely. I'm sure I'm sure it has definitely has it has had it uh, has it had an impact. Um, yeah, I was so, looking out of my son's bedroom window the other day and saw the stars, and I'm not sure I've seen that for some time. Yeah, but. just amazing. No. The weather's yeah. incredible. Um, we've we've had a fairly GM focus so far um, on the podcast um, and I wanted to see, sort of think a bit further afield and wondered how we are faring compared to the rest of the country economically. I know, um, without blowing your trumpet, Richard, that uh, the growth company that uh, Greater Manchester has is the, um, the uh, jewel in the uh, growth hub crown across the UK. Um, so hopefully that is that is helping us. But how are we faring um, economically compared to the rest of the regions? So I think, you know, if you look at some of the um, things such as credit risk and if you look at some of the insolvency aspects, then, um, you know, in some of those ways, some of those actually look slightly higher than some of the rest of the UK. However, I think what we've got to look at is the fundamental building blocks that we've got uh, in Greater Manchester and any other parts of the north. But 
last night, it was three weeks ago, wasn't it, that uh, Greater Manchester was announced as the fastest growing tech city in Europe uh, by Tech Nation. And something that I know you guys have spoken about and I know you guys have covered, but, you know, it certainly didn't get the prominence that we would have certainly hoped it would have got uh, it, it, without without COVID being around. And a lot of the fundamentals that were there are still valid. So if you look at as we move into to the future, I think that whilst things at the minute sure are looking really difficult, and I think one of the things you've got to bear in mind is the importance of hospitality, retail and leisure to, to Greater Manchester. And that has been hit really, really hard, as I'm sure you can imagine. And because of the importance of that, there's almost been a, a bigger disproportionate impact on, on, on Greater Manchester. But uh, I think some of the building blocks uh, on Greater Manchester and other cities across the north, in Leeds and Liverpool, there's been a really big growth in tech. And I think that that will stand us in great stead as we come out of this. And we've certainly seen bits of the uh, tech sector doing doing really well uh, within this at the moment. And, you know, if you're looking at some of the aspects around, you know, health tech, if you're looking at some of the uh, some of the gaming sector that's done incredibly well, all those sectors that have been working with uh, remote technology, all of those things have really, really come on during this period. And um, uh, so, so that gives me confidence that actually with those building blocks we've got in place will put us in a great place uh, as, as we come through this. So where do we go from here? You know, I've seen and some of my um, CIO chat groups um, that they're now starting to talk about and look for, you know, remobilization templates. How do we get our workforces back to work once this is, whenever it is, finally all over? Um, so if we've survived the crisis, we've still got, you know, a sustainable business and we're getting back back on the road. Like, what does the future look like? So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start off on that one. I think the... It is an opportunity to change the way that, that we we work. So I certainly uh, will hope at that companies continue to adopt those digital transformations and not just look at some of the communication technology that's been adopted, but look at how uh, you know, manufacturing companies are embedding it into, into the, their ways of working and really building that digital factory of the future, how... Uh, we can really get on board and support some of those high growth um, companies uh, in the in the tech sector. And, you know, some of those are there are some challenges around that. And, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, those uh, some of the support mechanisms that have come out in place have been great for trading profitable businesses. But some of those fast growth uh, high tech businesses have had a more challenging time. And some of the products that have merged haven't met them, but we're starting to see now new new government programs coming out through Innovate UK and others that are starting to support that that sector. So I think uh, it's uh, that that's a, that's a key aspect. I certainly think that uh, there'll be shifts around supply chains. Uh, there's going to be absolutely no doubt that people are going to want to look very closely at how uh, the security of their, their supply chains. But I think. Uh, there's also going to be some probably some more bigger fundamental shift about uh, building resilience into into your business and making sure that if we are in a time where it, it all depends what the recovery is going to look like. Is this going to be a V-shaped bounce? Are we going to be in a longer U-shaped recovery 
where we go back into isolation or we go back into more restricted environments and keep coming in and out of that. And I think depending on the nature of that uh, recovery, you've just got to make sure your scenario planning so it doesn't come as a shock to you if we end up in this situation again six months down the line if there's an, another resurgence. So I think everyone's got to have really robust, resilient contingency plans for a whole range of different scenarios that are going to emerge out of this one. Um, but but certainly, uh, you know, some of the things we've touched on around continuing to, to look to innovate, continuing to think about what is it that the people are going to be looking for, what are those habits that are going to change. And I'm sure many of us have uh, started to use a lot more uh, deliveries and uh, I've certainly been enjoying the uh, the deliveries from many of the Manchester uh, brewers and there's been fantastic uh, <laughs> programs out there. But you Shop know, that's going to be local. that's going to be a shift that uh, I probably yeah. plan to continue, continue with. So, um, but I think it's also recognising that that within this, it's going to be a big shift for workforces as they come back into the uh, back into the office environment or the factory. This is going to be a gradual shift back in. We've got to recognise that people are going to be doing that at, at various times. So I think the the, the main message for me is that uh, people just need to to build on that as the resilience planning. Think about the different scenarios that emerge, but also people can think about look, you know, this is an opportunity to look at some potential major changes to, uh, to to the way that we work, major changes to achieving some of the big low carbon ambitions that we've got. And I think companies need to be really close to both, not just the national direction of travel, but also where some of the big cities, big cities of the north and northern powerhouse are heading and look at the fundamentals on which they're building in terms of the desire to achieve a low carbon technology. And mm-hmm. if now isn't the time to look at that, then I don't know when the time will be. Uh, and certainly looking at that as a big driver of innovation over the next few years, we've got a big uh, challenge around retrofitting properties. We've got a big challenge around um, the shift to the low carbon uh, vehicles and uh, electric vehicles and, and other such things. So there's a big opportunity actually here to not just have a bounce back to where we were before, but I think a uh, if you want a, a, an old shift, a, a shift to a different way of working mm-hmm. that I think could be hugely positive for us uh, going forward. I think a, a seismic shift um, on the climate emergency might be if if all companies who have office workers, you know, commit to a two day home working mm-hmm. mandate within their business. I'm pretty sure everybody would yeah, that would be a, at least a third of our daily commute carbon cut out of the yeah definitely great idea um naomi um what about employee gm when this is all over will it end or is is this a new product that has innovated as a result of the uh, the crisis and is it here to stay um i'd like to think not i'd like to think that there should always be a place for kind of you know an information um kind of bureau where people can access the the kind of current information that they need and the support um and hopefully getting the name and the brand out there so people think of employee gm when they either as an individual or a business need support or advice and it can be kind of that one solution and one place that they can find that um i think for me that this is you know although you know, 
incredibly challenging time for businesses and individuals. It's a chance now for businesses to reflect. And it's been so great to see how people have diversified in what they're producing and how they're working to support communities, to support the NHS. And I think I'd like to see that that continues in um, going forward when we too return to that new normal, whatever that may be, where organisations can actually look at what social value they can add through their their organisation through their mm. business practices. So, for example, if they've got a workforce who aren't digitally included or they work in a community where they aren't digitally included, can they support them to become so? And I'm talking about people who may not have access to the equipment they need to be online or don't have the confidence or knowledge to kind of access sort of um, the internet, which is a lot of work that we've been doing previously to try and make sure people are in, um, included digitally and not left behind. But it's also looking at, um, you know, the way they work as an organisation. Can they add more social value into their practices to support, you know, the community in which they work? And I think it'd be great to see um, more of that come out of this. Um, because it's been really heartwarming to see how much everyone's rallied around to support people who don't have PPE or, you know, to create more hand sanitizers, whatever it may be. I think there's just lots of ways we could diversify and um, create more social value out of this. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think community, I think, is one of the, the, the nice silver linings that has come out of this horrible situation. And whether that's at a very big level of PPE and solving very big problems to do with COVID-19 yeah. down to... The re-establishment of like just local resident community groups. Like I'm in a new build. Um, I didn't really know any of my neighbours. We've now got a WhatsApp group. We all come out on, you know, Thursday nights. Yeah, same. And clap for the it's just lovely. In fact, um, we're having a um, driveway distance disco at five o'clock tonight where we all <laughs> dance on our, our driveways. Oh, goodness. We can't keep you back from, from that. <laughs> Don't know if there'll be any disco dancing at my house tonight, but sure, you never know. If I had a bit of dead well, it's something to introduce, isn't it, Trish? Maybe this is a trend we're going to start here. You know? um, listen, I've really enjoyed speaking to both of you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your really busy diaries. I know you have both a lot on trying to support the, the whole of GM. Um, the uh, the advice, the support, the infrastructure um, that you are providing, uh, I know will be very gratefully received. Um, from those businesses and employees and individuals who are struggling um, right now. Hopefully all of the advice that you have given them today will give them a better night's sleep. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Like the fear from above.